1: This is a 680 The Fan podcast. To hear more live and local sports content like this, tune into 680 AM or 93.7 FM or download the Fan app.
0: Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat?
2: Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.
3: Here to keep us updated on all things Georgia is Brooks Austin on the Hobson & Hobson Newsmaker line. Brooks joins us. Editor for Dogs Daily joins us here on the show. Brooks, how are you?
4: I'm doing well. Every time I hear somebody talk about the future of college football, I envision watching a cat pull a singular string out of a ball of yarn, and then it's like, ooh, another one popped out. And then their (laughs) little paws go over there, and they pull that one, and they go, ooh, another one popped out. Then they go over there and then you just watch that cat play with that ball for about five minutes.
3: I'm glad to be the cat in that uh, analogy, Brooks, uh, although I'd rather be a dog, but that's a whole other story. Brooks, <laughs> up, update us on uh, the news when you heard it and and what Bulldog Nation, how they are reacting. Again, as we were talking about earlier, this is kind of becoming the new normal, but losing a coach like Coach McClendon kind of out of the blue and, and how that sets everything going forward.
4: Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I, I think the – I was looking at it today. Most of the coordinating positions have settled in the NFL, but it's funny how these calendars work. A whole lot of calendar talk around these times of the years, but the the NFL calendar doesn't really settle till late February. So you as a, as a Georgia head coach kind of have to fend off your staff all the way in, all the way basically into March because of all the NFL jobs that people are getting offered. Brian, Brian McClendon, uh, McClendon, a prime example, right? He just took a lateral move to the NFL. He was the, wide receivers coach and, and passing game coordinator at the University of Georgia got the same exact title for an NFL organization in Tampa. Um, I, th- I think that speaks a little bit to, to Brian McClendon, but also just the nature of the the title of the job at Georgia. It, it's not necessarily on par with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but Brian McClendon's on par and can make that lateral move to like that. Um, but in terms of you know just the state of college football, I think a lot of people run to the take of, These college coaches don't want to be worked like this. And I I totally, you know, am sympathetic to that. These guys are working way too hard for, you know, they get paid a lot of money, but they are working obscene hours at this point in time.
1: Brooks, the approach a receiver has gotten my attention in Athens. They did it again this year through the portal, and you know what I'm talking about here. Um, we, we all say, we all say, oh, receivers, you have to be on the same page, and you're, you experience your quarterback, and I'm watching Athens and thinking, yeah, they want a bunch of guys where they can call that play where, and you're going to be better than the corner. Like, that's basically the play they call. Um, talk about their approach and then the portal and then some of these individuals, because – they change guys and replace them in a way that we always insist is an issue, and it's not an issue.
4: Yeah, most of their high school signings that have like really turned out for them have been you know, closer to the line of scrimmage and closer to the ball, um, including the tight end room, the running back room, the quarterback room, offensive line, defensive line, linebackers. Cornerback's um, been great. Safety's been great. But you look at the rest of their roster, uh, you, know, you look directly at the wide receiver room like you're talking about. You got names like Kobe Young. Um, you know Michael Jackson the third, London Humphreys coming in. Uh, you need a big year from Ra Ra Thomas and Dominic Lovett, guys that came in last year. Those are five names in a room in the wide receiver room. You really only travel about seven or eight guys. You go on to uh, you know homegrown quote unquote homegrown talents like Dylan Bell and Anthony Evans and Tyler Williams, and you look really really quickly at the roster in that room, and you're like, dang, we have really leaned on the portal a lot more in the last couple of years, and now your roster is solely dependent, not solely dependent, but mainly dependent upon five guys that have been developed elsewhere that you're hoping to, to squeeze some juice out of here at the university of Georgia. And I think that might be more of a microcosm of the sport. Like you look at the positions that are really, really expensive, uh, particularly on the wide receiver market um, or in the high school market, wide receiver is a relatively expensive position. Um, Running back is a position that you've seen Georgia kind of quote unquote miss on the recruiting trail as of late. That is a, disproportionately expensive position on the high school recruiting trail right now. Um, And if you do a modicum of research, you will find out relatively quickly that Georgia isn't one of these massive spenders on the recruiting trail. So you might see them have to lean more on other resources at other positions, like, you know, wide receiver and running back.
3: He is Brooks Austin. He's the editor for Dogs Daily, joining us here on the Hobson & Hobson Newsmaker Line. Brooks, we were talking a moment ago. Obviously, it's a transition period right now with name, image, and likeness transfer portal. All the money you got—a quarterback's got a three hundred thousand dollar Lamborghini, legally, I might add. Um, How long do you think it's going to take for a new breed of coaches, or maybe the existing group of coaches? to figure out this is for me. Is it going to be another year or two, five years, a decade? Never, because it seems like it's going to take a certain breed of coach to be able to survive in this brave new world of college football.
4: Yeah, I was talking to somebody about it today. I've always, like Kirby's always, Kirby Smart, for example, has always seemed like he's approaching it with the hopeful uh, idea that someone will eventually legislate this stuff. Um, I think that's what the the coaches who hope to do this forever that's what they're hopeful for when I speak to them, that maybe one day soon, hopefully somebody will enact some type of legislation. And I think what you saw with the Big Ten and the SEC, basically coming together and holding their hands out in public and taking a photo together photo together, and saying, hey guys, we're going to work together and, and we know things are messed up and we're going to make sure everyone's aligned so we can attack all of these issues together. I, obviously, I think the, the most important thing for college football is to have some type of legislation, but... Because of the way the NCAA bylaws are written, and because we get into this talk about pay for play, and whether or not athletes are students, or athletes, or whether or not they're employees, um, those are real macro discussions that honestly we've been having about you know college sports, and particularly college revenue-producing sports, a la football, only for the last maybe decade, decade and a half, maybe fifteen years. It's it sounds like a massive issue. It sounds like we've been rushed upon this, um, but it's a relatively new in, you know issue when you talk about the landscape of football that we've been playing since the 1880s and playing college sports since the 1920s.
3: Uh, Brooks, I want to ask you a question about uh, Carson Beck, because, you know, we were talking a lot of NFL draft on this show and, and for mm-hmm. guys going in the first round, the second round. I mean, certainly Carson Beck, had he elected to go pro, uh, could have been a guy, maybe second round pick uh, this year. I know that's not top on his mind. Top on his mind is, Getting back to the national championship game and, and winning a national championship for Athens a, thir- a third in four years, but what do you hear about Carson Beck in terms of things he wants to improve on and what things uh, things that maybe NFL scouts that want to see what they want to see from him to propel him into the first round?
4: So first of all, the Lambo the truck has to be leased, correct, boys? no way he bought that <laughs> um, poor
1: then, investment, secondly, he drives <laughs> off
4: the lot the depreciation. A- amen, right? Uh, I mean, let's let's say yeah, we don't have to get a pocket watch, him, but I mean, come on, what, what, he ain't got no bills. What else he gonna spend his money on? <laughs> um, so it, ha- it surely is least. But anyways, um, with regards to improvement, um, I mean, he was almost seventy three percent completion percentage last year. He was four thousand yards passing. I think I was top five in the sport. Uh, they were second in the country in third down conversion percentage. Um, I don't know how much room for improvement there is. I think the NFL, and you saw that with the second-round grades, I I had it as close to about 35%, 40% of the league, had him anywhere in those top 32 picks, was worthy of a first-round draft pick this year. Everyone, however, was hesitant. There's a coin flip whether or not they were going to do it. Everyone was hesitant because of the lack of starts. There is a firm threshold in the NFL with regards to a safety net, and the safety net being 25 college starts, for college football players, once you get to that 25 number, they feel like they have a large enough sample size. They know who you are. There's no outliers. There's no Mitch Trubisky's. There's no, uh, you know, uh, Trey Lance's. There's no. Um, there's a bunch of these one-year starters in college football that have really flamed out. Oh, how about this one? Matt Jones, right? There's no none of these, these first-year starters. We really got to have these large sample size to feel safe about these guys. But in terms of a physical skill set and how he performed, uh, I'm not going to say there's very little room for improvement, but how much better can you get than, uh, you know, basically all like, I think he was 200 yards short of the, the school record for yardage. He smatter, I mean, smashed the uh, the school record for completion percentage. And again, he was second in the country in third down conversion rates, which for me as an evaluator, like third, I live, on, I live, eat, sleep and breathe on third down. Like that is the game. If you If you are great on third down, in my opinion, you are a great quarterback. He was phenomenal on third down last year.
1: Brooks, I uh, know, disclaimer, NFL is different, and we talked to you about college. I know that. But um, just my personal knowledge, Cedric Van Pran, love, love, love that kid. Tell me anything that is a particular, maybe a pink flag for him as a draft pick, other than the fact that NFL teams don't draft centers high. Um, and anything that you think is a particular advantage, because I think somebody's going to get a great ball player. And I see third or fourth round.
4: Yeah, uh, the only red flag you're going to see, and this, I don't even know if it'll get brought up, but it probably will because he's going to the combine. I don't think he has relatively long arms, um, which is something the NFL worries about, particularly with, you know, defensive tackles. Like, it's, it's a metrics league, right? It's a high-weight speed. How long are you? How tall are you? How fast are you? How strong are you? Um, the one knock he's going to have is, is is the arm length. And I will say this. there's some If he ever gets beat on tape, it's because someone captures an edge on him because his arms just aren't long enough. There are some times it pops up on tape, but we're talking about a guy who was, I don't think he was ever a first-team All-American, but he was borderline All-American for three years, it felt like, as a starter at Georgia. Um, he's the cleanest I've seen come out, right? It's been, since I've been covering him, it's been Lamar, Gaillard, Trey Hill, and then him. He has no flags except for the physical one in terms of arm length. And to be honest, like, Everyone t- tries to mock him to the Philadelphia Eagles because Jason Kelsey retired, all that stuff. He's not one of those athletes. I don't feel like Jason Kelsey, I think a lot of people forget. That dude's, first of all, he's a Hall of Famer. Second of all, he was a high school running back. Think about that. He played high school running back. That's how great of an athlete that human being is. His short shuttle at the NFL Combine was elite. Cedric's not a lateral, like, elite football player. He's an elite mind, he's an elite North and South football player. And he's, a, he's an overall elite football player, but there are some knots, like you said. Uh,
3: last one for me, and that is on a guy that every time I saw him or called one of his games, I, I didn't go in thinking that he'd be a key player, and then he was always wide open, and that's Lad McConkie. Like, I, I I don't know what he runs in the 40. I, I don't care. I just know that every time he plays, he gets open and he catches passes. So it looks like he kind of showed his stuff pretty well, uh, at one of the combines or one of the uh, the, the Senior Bowl out there, it's, you had yeah. some people raving about him. Where does he stand right now?
4: Uh, so I, here, here's the deal about Lad, and I th- it's so funny because people are like, man, he he he'll, he'll surprise you. You Hear Terry on Arnold talk about this. man, he'll surprise you, right? He'll run up like, ain't nothing surprised. Though. Like people in the building know how fast and, and explosive this human being is. I, I have a feeling he's going to go to the NFL Combine. He's going to run somewhere, somewhere sub four 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 in the forty he will jump somewhere at near or above 40 inches in the vertical. Um, and his short shuttle, his meaning his 5'10 at 5, 10, and 5 uh, agility drill, I think he's going to go at somewhere near four seconds. Like, this is one of the more uh, explosive human beings packed in 190-pound bodies that ever walked through Georgia. Um, and that is the reason why he was ranked a quote-unquote three-star. I think he was outside the top 1,300 in the consensus rankings coming out of North Murray High School and I think within eighteen months, he sent Jermaine Burton to the portal. And Jermaine Burton, by the way, is an NFL football player. He's gonna be an NFL football player too. So like, there there was a lot of talent there that a lot of people overlooked. Um, and Georgia knew about Georgia saw the burst and explosion of that human on the basketball court. I think Kirby offered him on a ba- at a basketball game hmm. at North Murray High School. So. Yeah, I think people get shocked by because let's be honest, it's the way he looks. Mm-hmm. But he is extremely, extremely explosive. I had a source tell me they think he's like Antonio Brown. Like Antonio Brown was one of these human beings Sold. that was five foot ten, five foot ten, one hundred eighty-five pounds that led the league in, in both yards and receptions outside. Outside the numbers, it's a small human doing it outside. And if you're going to do that outside the numbers, like Glad McConkey did in the SEC, by God, you better be explosive. And that's exactly what '84 was and is for George
3: Brooks quickly here. Cause we're up against it. Uh, when we next week convene for sec football, Texas and Oklahoma are going to be a part of the mix. No more divisional format. Give me a top five next year in the sec. And is Alabama part of that top five?
4: Ooh. Oh, he squeezed me up on the horn and then gave me a top five. <laughs> oh, George, no pressure. Georgia, Georgia, Texas, Ole Miss, Alabama, LSU in that order. I think I forgot somebody, Tennessee six, I don't know. I definitely forgot somebody. But, yeah, that, that would be mine. I, I think Georgia and Texas are kind of above the rest of the conference, and then there's that leeway of, hey, Ole Miss, LSU, Alabama, which one of you dogs thinking to finish third? Um, and then the rest of the conference, I think, kind of hangs
3: out. Uh, It still is weird to hear Ole Miss in there. But, I mean, they they are going to be in every poll, top five. There's no doubt.
4: You can buy buy your way to competitiveness Uh, nowadays in college football,
3: baby. They are not lacking NIL money in Oxford. There's very wealthy alums that went to that fine university. There's no doubt about it. i tell you what, you gave us a wealth of knowledge here, Brooks. Really appreciate the time. Keep up the great work at Dogs Daily.
4: We'll see you, boys. See you. Have a good one.
3: you got it. He is Brooks Austin. You can catch his work, Dogs Daily, friend of the show, and a friend of Georgia fans with his coverage of the Bulldogs. Great stuff there.
0: Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats.
2: Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.
1: This is a 680 The Fan podcast. To hear more live and local sports content like this, tune into 680 AM or 93.7 FM or download The Fan app.
0: This morning in North Carolina